We're back with another Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, we're catching up with Vikings legends Darren Nelson and Steve Jordan. Welcome back to Skull Stories presented by 3M. Tonight, we're hanging out with a couple of guests who were a big part of the Vikings legend celebration last week. They were key members of the 1980s offenses as both offensive weapons and leaders. We are lucky enough to have them join us in studio tonight to reflect on everything from their playing careers to life after football. Please enjoy tonight's conversation with Vikings legends Darren Nelson and Steve Jordan. We are thrilled to be joined by two guys who I think I interviewed dozens and dozens and dozens of times after games starting in 1982. Dozens. Uh, dozens, maybe hundreds <laughs> back in 1982 uh, for a long time with the Minnesota Vikings, of course, Darren Nelson and Steve Jordan. You guys uh, took different routes to get to the NFL. Uh, Darren, you were out there you know, getting All-American honors. It seems like all packed in and, and drafted in the first round. And Steve, you were playing Brown college ball at Brown University, drafted in the seventh round. So what do you guys remember about your draft experiences, uh, those those first days of being a Minnesota Viking? Darren, let's start with you. Where is Minnesota? <laughs> and it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold. And I didn't really know much about uh, this part of the country. I heard Mike Lynn was very cheap, so I, I was not thrilled with that. <laughs> but other than that, I was decided to still play football and and be drafted in the first round. Our experiences were quite different, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know, for me, uh, coming out of Brown, it was not a big uh, deal in terms of even the prospect of getting drafted. So it was... Uh, kind of unknown as to whether or not I was going to be drafted even uh, or an undrafted. And so um, the notion was, hey, just sit by the phone. And of course, that was back in the day when you didn't have cell phones and things. Right. And so it was like, hey, here's sit by the phone that you're at and um, and just wait on a call. And so as you recall, back then, this is we're going to date ourselves uh, because it was two days of draft back then. It was one through six the first day and seven through 12. And so I'm sure Darren's experience was very different, knowing he's going to be a top guy. And for me, it was like, hey, sit by the phone. I needed time to study. We were, we were in reading period for, uh, uh, for classes, and, and I was finishing up my engineering program. And, um, and so I sat by the phone. First day, I get no call. Nothing. Uh, so the first day of, uh, of the next day, uh, first draft of the next day, I, uh, I got a call from uh, Mike Lynn. So while Darren was a, a legit first rounder, I was a pseudo first rounder. The second day. The second Thank day. You first, <laughs> first pick of the second day. First pick right, of the second here we go. day. Yeah. Uh, you get, so you guys came in together. Everything you guys accomplished, were you guys always connected from the beginning? Like, you know, time in Mankato. I don't know what you guys roommates down there. Did you get, you know, it, it, it's you went through hell because being a rookie nowadays isn't what it used to be. I know that. So I'm sure the two of you guys got together and said we're going to get we're going to get through this this rookie year together so there have to be some pretty amazing stories. Yeah. Well, I think first of all, I was trying to help Steve as much as possible. <laughs> 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 because I figured since I was the first round pick I had a little bit of an advantage as far as what the Vikings were going to let me do and not do and that kind of thing and Steve I was worried about him because I was like, I don't know what's, what's going on with him. So that's why we, we're such good friends because we, I kind of helped Steve, kind of helped him along a little bit. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when we came in, you know, there was 12 rounds back then, right? right? We got, you know, 12 rounds worth of guys and, uh, 
Yeah, kind of the good news, I always say God is good. You know, uh, the Vikings had two tight ends the year before, and it was Joe Simpson and, and Bob right. uh, Brewer. And so, uh, you know, that hurts a little bit because then if some, one of them gets hurt, you need that third tight end, and they realize that. So, really, I just had to beat out the other free agents and, and, and make it happen. Uh, Darren was going to be the guy that's going to, you know, he lit it up, you know, day one. Uh, I had to grind a little bit, you know, and uh, a lot actually, <laughs> and, uh, and, and basically, you know, make it on special teams, you know, and, and again, the money was so different back then, you know, Mike Lynn had his own rookie level wage scale and, you know, we all made, you know, Nothing. Pe- peanuts, basically, right. you know, $33,000, everybody from second round on down made the same base salary. Wow. It was just based on your, your, uh, round. And then Darren got a chance to do his own thing as a first rounder, which he has always done well. And, uh, like you said, but he took care of me, you know, we, we, uh, we, we got buddied up in, uh, in training camp, they put us together and, and, uh, we roomed for the next, you know, well, our whole career basically. Unbelievable. And, um, uh, and like I said, Darren always hooked, hooked a brother up because, uh, <laughs> you know, even he that, needed it. <laughs> you know, even that off season, you know, I mean, he bought a condo or a townhome down in Burnsville and, uh. So I actually stayed up here. I worked uh, in the off season in, in construction management. I was working for Gilbane Building Company at the time in the off season. And so I house sat for Darren, which helped me out. Then that way I could afford to, you know, stay up here and and uh, work out with the team and uh, and uh, do that type of thing. And, and so. by the way, you owe me rent from back then <laughs> in case you forget about plus that. interest. Yeah, plus yeah. interest, no doubt. No well, doubt. from a football standpoint, uh, maybe the, the original odd couple with with Bud Grant and Jerry Burns on the offensive side of the ball and if you could kind of relate your 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 memories and stories and Burns you could tell talk all day all night but the contrast was pretty obvious between those two yet they they were they got along so well it, it took me about a month to figure out what Jerry Burns was saying <laughs> that's all <laughs> oh my god i was like what did he say yeah oh i know it was crazy <laughs> but yeah. but i'm he's brilliant he was brilliant. I mean, that man was amazing. You know, the offenses and things that he, all the stuff he drew up, it was absolutely amazing. Head of his time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, Bernsey was getting, you know, like utilizing the tight end, you know, to get downfield. And, you know, fortunately, Joe Sensor did a great job before me and, and uh, opening, you know, the door to, you know, help us get down the field. And then, of course, I come in and, you know, allow me to use my athleticism and get down the field. And do some things. Darren used his athleticism to come out and you know run that option on the linebacker and and just you know get loose in the secondary. So there was a, there was a lot going on that Jerry was was really responsible for. Uh, and again, like you say, the contrast because you know then you got Bud Bud you know being somewhat stoic or at least the, out, the outward opinion <laughs> uh, or, or look right. But uh, but once you got to know Bud, he was a lot more intimate than you think you know and and, and that type of thing. Now he you would see him in the hallway and if you said. Good morning. Earlier in the day, you know, if you greeted him again, it was it's almost like, why are we, why are we yeah, doing already, this again? You already did that. Did, did we not do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, so, um, but but also, Bud had a little bit of, you know, I think the first time he was there because Darren and I had him for two years, and then he retired. Les took over for a year. Uh, you know, Bud came back and uh, kind of cleaned house a little bit and turned it over to Jerry. But but that second time, he was a lot more involved. You know, he was that that person that was really um, kind of let the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, let them run the show and let the coaches do their thing. Um, everybody had this high respect for Bud, of course, but and he didn't say a whole lot. I mean, even my rookie year, um, Les Steckel used to tell me, he was my, he was, you know, we used to go back in between the receivers and the O-line coach. 
and Les would say, hey, hey, Ivy, you know, I, I think Bud likes you. You know, I think we're, we're going to try to keep you. And, and that's other than the, the phone call I got from Bud. I don't think I talked to him <laughs> until later no, in the first year. I didn't even talk to him. <laughs> right, right. I was so, the first round draft pick. I never right. talked to him. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how he was. But the second time that he came back, I mean, he was a lot more engaged. Yeah. And because he really had to be at that point. I mean, he was out there doing like look, look squad. He was, you know, holding up the cards for look squad. And he said a lot of things that, you know, you might take for granted. But when you listened, I mean, it was like he was dropping these nuggets, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we'd be in the, I remember being in um, on one of the Look Squad deals. And, and so we were running Look Squad. We'd go up and and uh, and he was and it was a windy day. And he, and he told the quarterback, he said, yeah, you got to make sure you put some pace on the ball because it's got to go faster than the wind. Otherwise, the wind's going to catch it and the ball's right. going to drift. Now, you might say it's no big deal or something. But, I mean, it was just every time if you really listened, it was like, Man, he he understands this game. He is coaching, you know, and right. he's giving you good information uh, to run with, you know. So, like I said, they were they were two two different guys, and then also Bud had a little bit of a prankster in him too, because you know he would do things and. Uh, we were standing at practice. You remember, Bernsey was always the cold guy. You know, he liked to go down to Jamaica, and and so <laughs> in the off season, and so we were out there one day. It was cold, and he had this big coat on. I'm standing next to Bud, and Bud opens up his hand out of his pocket, and he's got this furry caterpillar in his in his hand, and he says, "This is fuzzy." <laughs> I'm like, this is like totally, you know, right. you know, atypical for Bud if you, you know, if you didn't know him. But, but like I said, we were starting to develop a pretty good relationship. This is and, he had a name uh, for it. Yeah, name, fuzzy, right? And then, and then he kind of like, 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 watch this. And then he turns around and he puts it on on Bernsey's shoulder. <laughs> and, 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 and Bernsey, had a heart attack. Oh, totally. You know, just about. I mean, he almost jumped out of his skin and stuff. You know. And then it was like, and then he put it on there. Bernsey didn't know, and he said. Hey, Bernsey, and he, Bernsey looks over and, ah, you know, he freaks out and stuff. And it was like, normally you wouldn't think that would come from Bud. But like I said, he was really engaging once you got to know him and, and you know, got got to have some conversations with him. You mentioned the the, the look team, the card team. And it's, it's funny because that's what one of the things that uh, Dennis Green did when he was here mm-hmm. is he would run the look team. He always made sure you got a good look because, you know, Denny, Denny had his own signals and everything. So it's kind of cool. I wonder if Denny got that from, you know, from Bud, one of the many things that Bud handed down both you guys were able to spend time in the equipment room with Dennis Ryan and yeah, Dennis Ryan again. It's the Dennis Ryan equipment room, and and you know what do you guys know and remember about D Ryan? Oh my goodness! First of all, he, he almost I mean, he could guess your shoe size just by looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with you? you? <laughs> it's like they found him in a carnival. <laughs> exactly, you know, and right. he seemed to know exactly, you know, what size everybody was. And he, he would look at you for a second and go, okay, and put your stuff out. And that's what I remember the most about Dennis. Yeah, he just, I mean, he just knew the details. Right. You know, that was the thing, the details. And for all of our, our teammates, when you think about the number of guys that are coming through training camp year in and year out, back then early we didn't have free agency. So, you know, it was a little more stable uh, in the locker room. But then it really started to get get kind of crazy. But to know all the guys' different nuances, and as you know, there's a lot of egos in there and there's a lot of, you know, needs, you know, not to say the football players are needy people, but they are. <laughs> and and so Dennis and his staff, you know, just knew all the nuances. I mean, just, you know, when you think about the number of games that we went to and, you know, to have your bag packed and he would check afterwards. We had to pack the bags, but, you know, yeah, he, he, would, he would check afterwards and make sure that, you know, if you left something you knew you needed, you know, whether it was gloves or pads or you name it. man. I mean, it just I mean, he performed at such a high level 
and I, and I, it was awesome to see the celebration of it, you know, here um, a couple of days ago. And, and, and I think even more importantly to see his family there because they were the ones that, you know, you know, when he's here late night, they don't quite understand that, I'm sure, when you're a kid. But I think they, they, they clearly understood over time because the guys have always – anybody who says Dan, Dennis Ryan, there's nothing but a smile and, and, and great things that are said about him. And that's, that's, that's saying something. That's really saying something. We'll be back with more from Darren Nelson and Steve Jordan right after this. Heading to a game at U.S. Bank Stadium this season? Try the all-new Vikings-inspired beer from Hop Valley Brewing, crafted for the fans who bleed purple – Hop Halla. Hazy IPA is a game day grog fit for Valhalla. Stick around for more Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Welcome back to tonight's edition of Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. From the field to the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings, is here. Visit vikings.com slash science to learn more. Now let's get back into our conversation with Darren Nelson and Steve Jordan. Again, we're talking to Darren Nelson and Steve Jordan. Uh, they were a big part of the Legends uh, reunion here just a week ago. Um, you guys had some hellacious football teams, talent on the defensive side as well with Dolman and Studwell, Millard, Joey Browner. Uh, when you look back on the teams that you had, I mean, there's such a fine line between winning and winning a championship. Is, is it frustrating to Darren to think how close you came uh, with the talent you had and, and the opportunities that presented themselves to you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it was frustrating, to say the least, because you know, we would get so close. I, we'd be playing so well, and somebody would get hurt, or something would happen mm. to somebody, or something would happen, and then, you know, we got to start over the next year. And then you do it again, <laughs> you know? And it's, it sounds like the Vikings are cursed. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there, was, there was a lot of things that were happening. And when you think about it, too, you know, it seems like either we had a great offense right. and, and, and maybe an adequate defense or we had a great defense and an adequate offense. It just we never could seem to get both sides on the same page uh, in terms of the, of the level of play. And, and then when I also think back on our careers, I mean, you know, we were here together most of our time. I mean, you know, there was, you know, I look back, I mean, I had nine quarterbacks, you wow. know, in 13 years when you think about it, right? So you had, you know, Tommy Kramer, of course, who I started with, but Wade Wilson was in the mix. You know, you remember Archie Manning ended his career here, right? You oh, know, I sure or, do. So, <laughs> so remember little Peyton was running around at Winter Park. And, yeah. Right, right, yeah. exactly. You know, you get, you know, Rich Gannon, Brad Johnson. I mean, the yeah. list goes on and on. Sean Salisbury, Steve Bono. I mean, it just goes on and on. You know, my last year was was uh, Warren Moon's first year. A lot of those folks had, had some pretty good careers, you know, but unfortunately it just wasn't consistent enough. And then we'd go on to the next one and we had, you know, we had we drafted, try to draft high. You know, we had Gino Toretta. If you remember oh, that. I remember. Remember? that name training you know, camp yeah. sensation yeah yeah <laughs> so 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 there, there was a lot there but but again there were some times when our offense was hitting on all cylinders you know and 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 you know our run game was on point you know our receiving game was on point but you know then if you can't stop anybody you get in that track meet and it's just you know yeah. then and then it becomes you know opportunistic and sometimes you win those and sometimes you just don't you guys were able to participate in in legends weekend it's a you know, alumni weekend and once again, big thank you to Tracy McDonald and Tom West to be able to put that together. Uh, but you're able to not only stay, you, you know, see TCO, the facility, the Omni, the hotel, and the stadium. It's funny how you mention 
is Mike Lynn, correct? The, it the never old, would have it, been here. It, that's you, you see what I mean, and then, and it's like so when when Kevin O'Connell was able to just talk to us, and he mentioned they're they're trying to build a, tra- a championship program for old guys. I, for me, you know, as an alumni, and you look and you say, yeah, I can see the investment. You mentioned a number of times that you knew that it, the the support of the franchise only went so far, but you don't see that anymore, do you? I mean, mm-hmm. think about that as a free. Think about if you were part of this organization now, and the mm-hmm. difference that would that would make. Oh, I know it would be great. It was drastically different in that when we were on the football field playing and we were free to play, that was great. But then you got to deal with the organization as a whole, mm-hmm. and that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. terrible. You yeah. had some tough times. And it's, it's hard to kind of mingle those two together sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about the facilities, even again, we had that uh, we had a bubble, right? You know, at mm-hmm. one point, an inflatable bubble, which when it, even when it came down and you talk about logistics, uh, we would be uh, we'd have we'd be at practice and we would do punt cover. You know, mm-hmm. the punter would kick the ball and it would hit the top of the. the, 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 the but it the wasn't dome. even a full field, was it? No. And no, it was like 80 yards yeah, or something yeah. like that. You know, it had a it had a door on one end and a door on, on, on the opposite end. I remember Anthony Carter, Wade Wilson threw him a bomb. Anthony Carter caught the ball and actually had to go out the door because he was about to hit the wall, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, I mean, again, dramatically different. And then finally they, they built the um, indoor uh, facility, which was which was awesome. But, I mean, it took a long time before we got to that that level. And, um, you know, and, and like I said, Darren, this is the first time uh, that he's seen this facility. And, um, you know, when you look at the, the hotel and, and being in close proximity and uh, and again, we were talking about the stadium because I think that's the first time you've been back to mm-hmm. um, to yeah. the, the U.S. Bank Stadium. And what a contrast from uh, the, the, oh, the yeah. dome, right? Yeah. yeah. Drastic, yeah. drastic difference. You so. guys got a chance to see, at least I know, Steve, you're running around a lot, but uh, there's been so much talk around the league about Josh Dobbs and how. Uh, the Vikings picked him up uh, for basically uh, uh, nothing uh, from Arizona, and it's only been a couple of weeks. But I want to get your impressions about someone kind of assimilating this, the knowledge it takes to run an NFL team and the potential he has with this football team. Well, I I, I can tell you, um, you know, I, I live in Arizona, so uh, right. so I've seen him, you know, when he came to Phoenix and and uh, showed up at the Cardinals, and I think a lot of people had pretty you know average expectations. And all of a sudden, you know, he's a he, yes, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's throwing real well. He's a really super smart guy, of course, and so he makes really good decisions. One, one of the things that kind of um, uh, emphasized for me is how a journeyman can go through a, a career yeah. and and have some opportunities, and and you you know you're kind of you know his numbers have been kind of average, really, right? right? But but sometimes it's about getting into the right system, Absolutely. getting into the, getting with the right Finally coaching staff, home. right? You know, and, and and now some people I think are going to adapt regardless. You know, when when Darren got caught up in the um, in the Hirsch Walker trade and he goes to San Diego, well, you know, again he's he's got talent to the point that he's going to light it up regardless. So he goes there and he becomes a third down running back, and mm-hmm. you know. Re- resurrected his career, you know, again, going to a good team that that could utilize his talents and then get on grass, you know, which is another thing. And then he came back here and again, back into this system that he could flourish in. You look at Joshua Dobbs. I mean, I don't know the systems that he's been in, but, but he gets to um, Arizona and, and it's like, wow, things clicked. And then you get here, you know, you know, Kevin is is adept at, you know, putting people in positions to win based on their talent level and um, and in such short order, particularly. And, and the good news, again, 
again, right? Jaron Hall, you know, he's an athletic guy. So again, you need that. And that's why they, they picked him up at Arizona because Kyler Murray, you know, you need that your offense is around this athletic uh, quarterback and you need someone to fill that, that slot. And so for Joshua to come here and, you know, I mean, people you kind of miss, I think, with, uh, with Kirk, you know, they look at him as purely a drop back. Kirk gets around, you know, gets around the pocket a little bit. He's actually fairly, you know, he doesn't use it all the time, but, you know, he can move a bit. Now you you bring, uh, you know, Joshua in here who's pretty accurate and, and again, can pick it up and, and he can move. Oh, wow. You know, that, that creates a lot of potential. Well, Darren and Steve, thanks so much. We could, talk, we could do an hour, hour and a half easily talking about your <laughs> stories of Gage Hall and uh, everything else. But we appreciate your time. It's always good to see both of you. And thanks for joining us here on School Stories. Yeah, Thank thanks you, for man. having it's us. Pleasure guys. to be back. Yeah, Been absolutely. here a long time. Thanks again to Darren and Steve. It's always great catching up with those guys whenever we get the chance. Well, Pete, it happened again. Five in a row for the Vikings. Uh, came out flying in the gates. Maybe one of the best first halves of football I've seen Minnesota play in a long time. Between Josh Dobbs making some plays with his feet, uh, Hawkinson having a huge game. And then Ty Chandler, of all people, scoring his first NFL touchdown from the Wildcat. Uh, what jumped out to you the most about what you saw this Vikings offense do against the Saints? And more importantly now, is that repeatable against the Broncos on Sunday night? I think it'll be tough to repeat it, although I think uh, you know Denver and New Orleans are, are similar in a lot of ways, especially, I think, defensively uh, with their personnel and what they try to do. It was the most efficient an offense has looked for in a long mm-hmm. time. It was amazing because you wanted to key on this guy. They went the other way. You know, you, you did it. You finally, as a defense, cover all the receivers. Well, then you got to figure out how to handle Josh Dobbs at, you know, when he wants to pull that thing down and run. So uh, they have to put a complete game together, right? But every single week, you're going to see some new twists and new turns yep. and, you know, a little creativity in the red zone, the deep red zone. You know, like you mentioned the Wildcat with Chandler. Those things. We, we saw that last year, right? So we, we were seeing some new things and the ability for, for Wes Phillips and Kevin O'Connell to, you know, put these talented players in different positions. And you know, dare I say, it's the tip of the iceberg with this group. Yeah, it's been tons of fun. Let's hope they can keep it rolling. As we said before, we're heading to Empower Field at Mile High for the primetime Sunday night football matchup. It's a 7:20 kickoff locally on NBC. You can also, of course, catch the game right here all across the Vikings radio network. So be sure to check your local listings for details. Pete, always a pleasure having you on the show. And thank you fans for tuning into another edition of Skull Stories presented by 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week. 